With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're live with a Monday morning edition of the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, riding solo here today. Uh, Scott and I couldn't make the schedule work here unfortunately this weekend but i will hopefully give you the show we're looking for as we recap the iowa disaster that we saw on saturday afternoon uh before we get into all of that want to just remind you real quick here to follow on twitter at standing room msu follow scott on twitter at spartan martin 18 uh, follow on Instagram at Standing Room Spartans. If you haven't done so already, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, all of that fun stuff as the season goes on here. We're almost at the halfway point already, which seems crazy. After the game concludes uh, next week against Indiana, we'll be halfway through this shortened season. So, uh, we, we, it's going by in a flash and, and we don't want to miss any of it, uh, for your friends and family. We want you to, uh, get involved as, as much as possible here. I do have some good Twitter responses, Instagram responses, Reddit responses as well. You can find us on Reddit, uh, at, at the only colors, but yeah, um, <laughs> look 49 to seven. Um, that's where we want to start because, since 19, I went back and, and looked through the schedule and results of every single MSU season, and I came up with this, and it it's pretty telling. Look, since 1983, until going into this Saturday, since 1983, Michigan State has lost by 42 or more points four times. 1983, we lost to U of M 42 to nothing. That U of M team finished number eight in the country. 2002, we finished, uh, or we we lost 49 to three to U of M again. Uh, they finished number nine in the country. 2010, we lost the bowl game. Uh, I was actually at the bowl game, the Capital One Bowl against Alabama, 49 to seven. That was Kirk Cousins was on his back all game long against the defending national champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. And recently in 2017, we lost uh, 48 to three against Ohio State, a team that finished number five in the AP poll. So four times going into this Saturday, we lost by 42 or more. 
all four times uh, the team we lost to finished in the top 10 in the country. So, you know, obviously not to excuse uh, that bad of a loss, but it was against great teams. And that's where I want to kind of start this, because even when you look at some other bad losses that we've had, college football playoff against Alabama, 38 nothing. That was the team that won the national championship. 2008, we lost 45-7 to Ohio State. That was the team that finished in the top 10. Those type of losses, while not necessarily excusable against great teams, they're at least understandable. And to come out and just get throttled like this to a team that was 0-2 going into this game, showing very little signs of life, a team that I still, you come out of this game, I still don't think Iowa's a, a real you know, competitor in the big 10. I I don't think that they're a real contender to win this conference. I I think that they still have a long way to go as a team. And for that team to come out and just wax us the way that they did was not good. And and look, I, I guess there there's, there's a lot to take away from this, but for me, it, it comes down to a couple things really. Um, we said it all week after the Michigan win is that this team is going to be a roller coaster all year long, man. We're, we're going to have some highs. We're going to have some lows. And we've seen that already play itself out. You go in week one, lose to a Rutgers team that was on like a 20 game losing streak in the conference. You come back week two with a huge win on the road against your rival. You come back week three and just get smashed by, by an Iowa team on the other division. But we're going to continue to see this. Look, that's just going to be the way that this will play itself out. This isn't going to be a consistently bad team. This isn't going to be a consistently good team. There's a lot of young players that are getting game experience for the first time. There's a new scheme that's being implemented on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. And sometimes it'll work out. Sometimes we'll see a good matchup. Sometimes we won't. And that just kind of all came into a head here on Saturday in Iowa City. And there's a lot to get into here, but I just wanted to start with that as kind of a, a reality check of, look, as as great as we played last week, um, look, I, me and Scott, we're, we're guilty of this. We got excited. Say, hey, well, you know what? Four and four is back on the table. Five and three is back on the table. And look, maybe it is. I, I don't know. But I, I think the more likely situation is that we, we might win another game or two here on the schedule. I think, uh, you know, Maryland, for as good as they looked against Penn State, um, I, I think they're a beatable team. I think Penn State now is on the table later on in the year. They're kind of falling apart here. They're an 0-3 football team. Um, and I don't know. Maybe we can stumble our way into a couple more wins here. Uh, but it's going to take us playing a perfect game to win. That, that's just the way it is this year. And that's okay. That's okay. This is year one of a rebuild with a new coaching staff. Again, a new scheme on both sides of the ball. And uh, an off season where we weren't allowed to really get in tune with that. So look, there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be a lot that goes wrong this year. Hopefully we see a few get more games where some things go right. But to really win a game in the Big Ten this year, we're going to have to play a perfect game. And that's offense, defense, and special teams. And that's exactly what we did last weekend against Michigan. And clearly, that's what we didn't do this weekend against Iowa. So that's just kind of the big picture here that I wanted to start with. It's easy to go with the whole sky is falling narrative and, and go right back into that 
you know, right back into the frustration that I felt week one. I was I was emotional. I was angry after week one that I lost to, to Rutgers. This game, yeah, I was angry in the first half. The second half, I was just laughing. I, I was laughing out loud at my TV because it was just comical what was happening to us out there. I don't I don't know how else to explain it. So that's kind of that's the big picture look is is I think while there's a lot to take away from this game in terms of some individual performances in terms of um, some coaching decisions that were made there's still a lot of football left to be played this season and there's going to be a lot more roller coaster games there's going to be some ups there's going to be some downs and you know we'll we'll be here to cover all of it so just wanted to start there. So let's let's actually get into the game. Um, as far as this goes, I want to start off with a couple of stats that were pretty telling. Um, you have the rushing, the rushing performances by both teams. Iowa ran for 226 yards on five and a half yards per carry. Michigan State ran for 59 yards on 1.8 yards a carry. So not only did they run for about three and a half, almost four yards per carry more than us in this game. Their total output was, I don't even know what's 160, 170 more yards. I mean, they controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That was very obvious from the first drive. Their offensive line was pushing us around. They were opening up holes. Their running backs were getting five, six yards before they were even contacted on most plays. And that just kind of kept playing itself out. After the first drive, we we were hoping that they would make some adjustments. Defense did kind of settle in for a little stretch there at the end of the second quarter. We got like three straight three and outs. But it, it was it was almost a case of like too little too late. And that's hard to say in the second quarter of a football game. But um, the damage was done early in this game. And that Iowa offensive line just really just took whatever they wanted and that was the case for most of the game on Saturday and uh, on our side of the ball look our offensive line has continued to struggle whether it's this new zone blocking scheme whether it's just a lack of talent whether it's I don't know but this offensive line has just really struggled opening up holes in this running game Running backs, running backs don't really look dynamic enough to to make use of the holes that they do get. Jordan Simmons has definitely been the most explosive, but that's just um, I don't know. I don't know. Eli Collins has not looked great. Connor Hayward ha- has made a couple splash plays in the passing game, but as far as him running the ball, it hasn't looked very, very good. And even Jordan Simmons, who has looked good in flashes. The consistency isn't really there. So I, I don't know, man. This offensive line is a work in progress, and it's going to continue to be um, as as we keep developing this, this zone running scheme. It's going to take some time again. But, man, the rushing performances these first three games have been bad, and that forces a lot on Rocky Lombardi's shoulders. Some, something that we'll talk about here in a minute. We'll get to Rocky. I have a lot of takes. I have a lot of thoughts on that, but. Um, it's a lot of what's happening here falls on this running game, just really struggling and forcing us to be one dimensional in every single one of these three games that we've played so far. Um, yards per play, Iowa had 5.8 yards per play, almost six yards every play. Uh, 
on average, we were sitting right under right about four. We turned the ball over three times. They turned the ball over zero times. Uh, one of our turnovers was a pick six. Both of the other two put them in good field goal. Uh, good or the the first one, excuse me, um, was I guess you could call that basically an arm punt as far as field position. It didn't really matter a whole lot, but. The other one was a pick six and the other one put them in plus territory. I think they were in field goal range uh, from their, you know, from the start of their drive. So, um, and then the other thing, I mean, we had zero punt return yards They Every time that they were forced to punt, which was not very often, uh, they were putting us in, in bad field position. They were putting us inside the 10. They were putting us inside the five. And it was either a situation where we had to call a fair catch or, or just let it run. And they averaged 21 yards per punt return and had a touchdown in that department. I don't know what's going on with our punt team this year. Um, our punt coverage has been really bad. And that's, I guess that falls on the special teams coach that, that falls on the guys that are playing out there in special teams. But that can't happen. Uh, 21 yards per punt return. They were making plays every single time we punted it away. So that just can't happen. But that was just a couple of telling stats. Um, as we kind of go through this game and we'll get to some other kind of takes later again, I got some stuff from Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, um, just to kind of go through the flow of the game, Iowa, they come out in the first quarter they, again, they did whatever they wanted on offense. Their offensive line was just punishing us, opening up these giant holes and the defense struggled. Our defense they were taking bad pursuit angles when they ran to the outside. I remember one distinctly was Noah Harvey. Just, I don't know what he was doing. The The angle was so bad. And these guys, I don't know, they expected to just be light years faster than the Iowa runners, but the angles were bad. The the people were running into blocks. They were, it was just all around. Uh, the whole front six, front seven, was bad. And that, that was just very apparent from the very beginning of that game. Um, offense just kept either turning the ball over, going three and outs. It was rough early. Uh, they come out in the second quarter, same thing. Offensive line just dominates us. They, they march down the field and score in their first drive of the second quarter. And then the defense started settling in a little bit. They got a couple stops in a row. And one really big, big turn of events here. Um, that I marked down as we were watching the game the first time through was defense started to settle itself in. We were down 21 nothing, and Iowa misses a field goal. Uh, this was like mid-second quarter. And look, a three-score game, Iowa, we said in the preview, Iowa's been bad in the second half for, you know, even going back to the end of last year, but especially this year, they've blown some big leads. And 21 nothing in the second quarter, that's a very manageable deficit as you know, it's a big deficit, but it's one of those. Okay. We, we get one score going into halftime here and then all of a sudden we're just down two touchdowns and that's no problem. So they miss a field goal. We're down 21, nothing offense needs a spark. We go three and out and give the ball right back to him. And that's where he kind of said, all right, let's pack this one up. This game's over because if we couldn't get the spark going on that play, if we couldn't get anything going on that drive, it, would, it just wasn't going to happen. And that that drive ended with Rocky Lombardi, one hopping one over to the sideline, just didn't have the arm, didn't have the power, didn't have whatever it was to get it to the, the receiver who was open on the sideline. He just 
under threw him by a mile one hopped over to him and that was a case of uh something that happened quite a bit that night or uh, that day and then later on in the second quarter another kind of telling part was you get this finally get this big play to Jalen Naylor down the right sideline it went for like 45 50 yards and then Jay Johnson, this is something that that we talked about again in the in the preview is Jay Johnson kind of turtled and his situational play calling has been pretty rough this year. I again I I don't mind the plays that we're calling. I don't mind the formations we're getting in, all of that. But situationally, he has not done a very good job so far this year. You get that big play to Naylor, you finally get some momentum going on the offensive side of the ball, you finally get something moving. And then they just turtled. He ran the ball a couple times, and then it came down to fourth and short. We kicked a field goal. We all ended up, we ultimately wound up missing that field goal. It didn't get any points, but it's just a case of this. You see an aggressive play call, and it works, and then we go right back to being conservative, and it was so frustrating, and that was a pretty telling moment there. The second half, I mean, there's just really not much to talk about. I was laughing half of the second half there. Peyton Thorne finally comes into the game and then he he gets one pass attempt. They're not even going to give him a shot to move the ball. I, I just it, it was poor performance by everybody. Quarterback, bad. Running backs, bad. Offensive line, bad. Receivers made a couple plays, dropped a few balls. Uh, tight ends, same thing. Defensive line got moved around all game long. Linebackers just could not find the holes and make plays in the running game. Defensive backs, corners got beat a couple times. Safeties just, again, losing these pursuit angles on, on outside runs and swing passes to the running backs. It was just wasn't pretty, I'll tell you that much. The offense, this, this was something that was staggering because I, I was like, okay, I, I need to go through this drive chart. I need to see exactly how this played out drive by drive. And you kind of knew, right? Iowa in the first half, it was just like touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. <laughs> And Michigan State, we only scored seven points, so you knew it was going to be ugly. But Michigan State offense had 15 drives, 15 drives in this game, three interceptions, seven three and outs. Ten out of your 15 drives was either a three and out or a turnover. That is inexcusable. I don't, I, that's where you throw away this whole rebuild narrative that we talked about. You throw away. The, the inexperienced quarterback, you throw away the inexperienced offensive line, um, you throw away the new schemes, you throw away everything. Two-thirds of your drive, 10 out of 15 of your drives, either wind up in a three and out or, or an interception. That can't happen. It can't happen. And I don't know where else to go but Rocky here, so we'll get this out of the way. Look, um, Three games so far this year, three wildly different performances. Um, Rutgers week one, 72% passing, 319 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 7.4 yards per attempt. I was critical of this performance. I thought he didn't play very well, uh, but at the end of the day, um, you can look at those stats and say, all right, well, you know, we only turned the ball over a couple times compared to three touchdowns. Uh, he's, he was moving the ball. 72% completion percentage is good. You, you know, you're consistently at least moving the ball forward. And, uh, it was, it was just a couple back, back breaking turnovers, a couple bad plays by receivers. 
Um, so, you know, I, I guess I would classify that as like a C. It was, it was average. It was an average quarterback performance. Then you go into Michigan, 53% completion percentage, but the game plan was to move the ball down the field, 323 yards, 10 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no picks. Awesome execution of the game plan. Fantastic execution of that game plan. Then you go into Iowa, 17 for 37, 46% completion percentage, 227 yards. That's just six yards per attempt, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, there, there was some talks of an injury. It gave me flashbacks to Brian Lewerke, where the coaching staff would march him out there, even though he was clearly hurt and just never really i don't know what they were expecting but rocky i don't i don't know if he was hurt because some of the throws he made he looked perfectly healthy on that throw to jalen naylor down the sideline he looked perfectly healthy throwing those two deep balls but man i don't know if he's hurt you take him out and if he's not hurt you also take him out because that was a horrible performance i don't know what else you want me to say like i i know i've been on this rocky lombardi shtick but it's not a shtick, man. This is how I felt going into the preseason. This is how I felt after the game one. And and I said, after Michigan, you can go back and listen to it. I, I said, look, this is a guy who just executed that game plan very well. And if that game plan is going to continue to be the game plan moving forward, then he's more than capable of that. If we're going to be throwing the ball down the field and if we're going to be taking shots every drive where we're going to take one or two shots downfield, if that's the game plan, Rocky can execute that. But I said it after the Michigan game. I said it previewing this Iowa game. If we're put into a spot where he has to diagnose a more traditional defense, he's going to have to read zone coverage. He's going to have to throw the ball into some tighter windows. He's going to have to make better decisions that's not his game, and he's going to struggle, and we saw that. And it's so frustrating because I, I say this on Twitter. I get I get feedback on Twitter from left, right, and center about how I'm not being fair to Rocky and how this is the future of the program and all of this. And, and look, I get it, but he's turned the ball over five times in three games, and all of them were bad turnovers. So you go through the three interceptions today. First turnover, he gets some pressure up the middle. He evades it, rolls left across his body while he's getting hit from the other side and just launches the ball down the field. You can say what you want about misreading it with Jalen Naylor, who, you know, it looked like they did the replay there. He looked like he was going to turn up field and then he, he came back at the last second. I don't care. You throw that ball away or take the sack. And this is what drives me crazy about Rocky Lombardi. I, I said it on Twitter as well, is that he tries to make a play every single time he drops back. That's not how you play quarterback, man. He's not Johnny Manziel. He thinks he's Johnny Manziel out there. He thinks he can make a play every single time. And and yeah, sure, I, I like the competitive spirit, but damn, dude, that's not how you play quarterback. You got to take your losses sometimes. You got to take a sack. You got to throw the ball out of bounds. You see the great quarterbacks all around the NFL and around college football, man. They they know when a play is dead. They know when a play is dead. They throw the ball out of bounds. They take the sack. It's okay. You can take a five-yard loss. You can't take an interception. You can't do that. And 
for all three of these interceptions. The alternative was maximum, like a six-yard loss. I, I don't get it, man. All three of these interceptions, he's rolling left across his body, mostly under pressure, throwing it into traffic. I just, I don't know if that's coachable. I don't know if that's something that you can take away from his game because that's in his DNA. Again, he wants to make a play every time he drops back, and sometimes it works. Look, look at the Michigan game. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You go to that second interception, you run a play action, he rolls left, D-end is right in his face as soon as he turns, right? He fakes the handoff, turns around to roll left, that D-end is right in his face. Instead of just taking the sack, he just throws it up into nowhere, throws it up into coverage. Why not, you know? Why would I take this sack? No, I can make a play here. Throws an interception. Third one, this one, I the, the first two, I you can go into Rocky's brain and you can see what he was thinking, right? The first interception, again, he sees Naylor start breaking downfield. He's like, oh, I don't see a safety up top. I, if I just throw in the vicinity of him, maybe he can go up and make a play. I get it. I don't agree with it. I get it. Second play, there was there was a receiver there. You know, he, he was only like 10 yards away from Trenton Gillison. He's thinking, okay, you know, I, I can get rid of this ball right before this defensive end can get me and my big tight end can go up and get it, at least bat it down from a defensive player. I get that. Third one makes no sense. Third one is inexcusable. Feels the pressure. Uh, this four-man rush feels the pressure up the middle, steps up, rolls left. There's nobody. There's no pressure on him. There's nobody about to hit him. There's nobody coming in from the defensive line, but he just throws the ball across his body right into the chest of a defensive back. The only guy you can see is Jalen Naylor, who was like ten yards behind that DB. But it was it was a bad throw. It was a bad decision. I, and I don't know, man. I, I don't know what you want from me. I I was calling for Peyton Thorn by halftime. I, I don't know why you, you're going into halftime of that game. The game's over. You're not going to win that game. Rocky Lombardi has played poorly. He might even be hurt. I don't know why you don't go with another quarterback. And they just kept marching him out there, drive after drive after drive. And finally, you put in Peyton Thorne. You know, all right, let's see this QB competition that we talked up all offseason. He throws the ball one time. He just goes in there as the handoff specialist. And that, I don't know, that drives me nuts. I, I just... I would have liked to see him at least throw the ball, right? If for nothing else, if Rocky's your guy, if Rocky's your future, if if Rocky is the program, okay, that's fine. Maybe at some point he's going to get hurt and you're going to need somebody else to come in as a backup. And you're going to need somebody with a little bit of game experience. So when Peyton Thorne, you finally turn over to him and say, hey, Peyton, you know what? Get in there, kid. Give him a chance to to do something. Give him a not not to win this game, not to to prove himself in the quarterback competition, but just to show you that if Rocky ever gets hurt sometime in the future, that at least you have a backup. Like I I don't know what 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 the thought process is of hey let's finally go to this backup quarterback, but let's not let's not actually throw the ball with him. Let's just hand it off more. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Drive chart, it's it's so ugly, man. You you look at Iowa, uh, the consecutive drives for Iowa, man. Touchdown, touchdown, punt, 
touchdown field goal attempt. So of your first five drives of the game, three touchdowns, one opportunity for points, one punt. And then they go punt, punt, touchdown, 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 punt, 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 touchdown, punt. Michigan State, (laughs) interception, three and out. Punt, interception, three and out. Field goal attempt, three and out. Interception, three and out. Touchdown, three and out, three and out. Punt, three and out, punt. Inexcusable. I don't know. Um, again, I and and this is something I want to make really clear. I don't mind losing this year. That's fine. We're in a rebuild. We're a new scheme. We're a young team. All of that. I get it. We're gonna lose games. You can't lose forty nine to seven, man. You can't lose forty nine to seven. Four times since nineteen eighty three. John L. Smith, Bobby Williams, two thousand sixteen. Four times since 1983, we've lost by 42 or more. That can't happen. That's, I know, sky's not falling. I know, rebuild, I know. You can't look that uncompetitive. You got to go out there and at least compete. Uh, That didn't happen. Let's get to some Twitter, um, some some other responses from folks. I put out a call on social media. What were your takes? What were your questions coming out of this game? Uh, we'll get- we'll start with the doc on Instagram. That's TJ. He's been on the pod before. If you see in our picks every week, the doc is in there. That's that's TJ. We we try to be a little bit mysterious on Twitter, um, as he is training to be a doctor. Um, he's definitely the smartest of the bunch and, and doesn't have time uh, for the podcast. Uh, he's he's actually out there saving lives and stuff. So uh, we leave the podcasting to me and Scott who just have, you know, normal, not important jobs. Um, TJ says, how does a team look so prepared and disciplined one week and the exact opposite the next. Is that just how this season is going to go with a first-year coach or indicative of something more? I I lean towards the former. I, I think that that's just how this season's going to go. It's a young team that we're trying to game plan not only for, for each individual opponent, but also for just our team as a whole. Like, you know, in a normal year, you get situations where, okay, we, we've implemented our game plan for our team this season uh, in, in the offseason. You get your playbook. You get your scheme, your defensive and offensive schemes. You get all of that ready to go, ready to roll, and your team knows their assignments. They know where they're supposed to be on these plays. They know what's supposed to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And then in any given week before you're playing against Iowa before you're playing against Michigan, whatever, then all you need to do is game plan for that specific opponent because all of your plays and all of your schemes are already there. The the knowledge is already there. The reps are already there. And so for this year, you're kind of trying to do both at the same time on the fly. And that's just, it's really hard to do. And we've seen that where you're trying to implement your entire playbook, your entire scheme, while also game planning specifically for this game. I, I just think that's how it's this is going to go. Um, 
again, I think the level, the, the, the margin of this loss is inexcusable, but in terms of that question, I think it's how it's going to go, but yeah, no, they, they came out flat right from the jump and that was really indicative of, I don't know, maybe the post rivalry game win, I, the emotional win there. I don't know, but, um, they came out flat. They looked bad from the get go from the jump and never got any better. So you have to put that on coaching look. And so as much as it's, you know, Hey, first year coach COVID, no, 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 you can't come out that flat. You can't lose by 42. Um, Luke Baker on Twitter, uh, at LW Baker 33. He just said, I don't know, man, I've erased, I've erased yesterday from my memory already. So I'm jealous of you, Luke. I had to watch the game again. So, um, that's Luke on uh, Reddit. We had a few responses here. Again, if you're not familiar, uh, there's a subreddit, The Only Colors. Uh, we have a couple things here. It looks like a lot about Rocky. Um, let's see. This is a long one from AKA The Kid. Uh, we've known for two years what Rocky can offer us. A big arm that's inaccurate as shit. Any slants or out routes he misses worse than Mitch Trubisky. Yikes. Uh, but he has a big arm and he used it to expose U of M corners. His wide receivers could could adjust to the placement and make a play. Like you said, uh, as a pocket passer, he's just not that good. I'd love to have seen Theo Day start the second half yesterday. We're a rebuilding program. We've got great win against Michigan that no one saw coming, but we also have a loss to Rutgers and got blasted by Iowa. There's a long way to go, and getting reps with a younger QB would be much better than trying to win now with Rocky. Um, Yeah, uh, that's kind of, you know, we just talked about it, but... I think if for uh, again that it's just so frustrating because I'm in the camp that I believe I would like to see other quarterbacks in the sense of a competition but even if that's not the case even if you're even if you subscribe to the belief that Rocky's the guy and, and that Rocky's the future that's fine that's okay look he's shown flashes the the problem is what if Rocky gets hurt and you need a backup to step in so on both sides there, I think they're screwing up this whole quarterback situation. I think that they should have gotten Peyton Thorne earlier in this game. The game was out of hand quickly. And so I'm not asking you to put him in to start the second quarter, but to start the second half and at least give him a few drives to really see what he can do out there, that was frustrating. Um, let's see. Bagel Mango uh, says... Rocky completed his mission and beat U of M, but on to the next quarterback at this point. Let's see what we have and build some chemistry for the rest of this year and into next year with some of the offensive guys. Um, yeah, I don't entirely disagree with that. Uh, and Bagel Mango again, he has two comments here. How about let them play more than one series in a game? I have no idea if any of these young guys are good, but seven points and three interceptions should be replaceable. And, um, yeah, that, that's really what it comes down to. Like, look, that's the problem is that we don't know if these guys are good. We don't know if the backups are good. We don't know if Peyton Thorne's any good. We don't know if Theo Day's any good. Maybe they're good. Maybe they suck. I don't know, but I'd at least like to see it. So I don't know. That's, that's all we're at for now. I mean, it's, it's been a crazy season so far. It's going to continue to be a roller coaster, man. Uh, we're going to see a couple more. I think we're going to see a couple more great performances, and we're going to see another win or two. We're also going to see a couple more performances similar to what we saw on Saturday. Hopefully not quite that bad, but 
I, I think that's definitely not the end of the losing for this season. So, um, yeah, let, let's call it there. Let's wrap this thing up again. Follow on Twitter at standing room MSU at Spartan Martin 18. That's for Scott who is unable to join us here today. Um, but he will hopefully be with us on Thursday as we preview a game against a three and O Indiana team that just blasted Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. If there was one, uh, good thing that came out of this weekend, it's that Jim and Harbaugh, Jim Hart, Jim and Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are on the ropes. Um, and one more good thing, actually, since, since I'm talking here, I just tweeted it out, uh, very recently, um, Audric Estime, the running back, he just tweeted out his like half season, mid season highlights. Through six games, Audric Estime, our running back, who we desperately need, man, a running back commit, who's he's going to be in line for some playing playing time as a true freshman next year. Uh, through six games, six games, keep in mind, 127 carries, 1,341 yards, 120 receiving yards. 19 touchdowns and two sacks, man. Um, this kid's going to be counting on to play right away next year. I, I really believe that with the way our running backs have looked. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what well over 200 yards a game, uh, six games, 19 touchdowns. So like three and a half touchdowns a game. <laughs> I mean, just ridiculous. Another 20 receiving yards a game. So um, if there's one, two good things that came out of this weekend, Michigan got blasted by Indiana and Audric Estime looks like a beast. So yeah, let's, let's take that as a win, I guess. But uh, wrapping this thing up at standing room MSU on Twitter at standing room Spartans on Instagram, please, please, please leave a review on Apple podcast. It really helps us out. Um, when you do, don't just, you know, you can just leave the generic, hey, great pod. We've gotten a couple of those. I really do appreciate that. But um, go ahead and ask a question. Go ahead and, and leave a take on there, and I'll read it on the podcast and, and give you our, um, our our thoughts about it. You know, may, make it at least a little bit more interesting. I do read them all. So uh, leave a take. Leave a, leave a question on there when you do leave a review. I really appreciate that. Um, keep telling your friends and family. Uh, again, the, the post game against Michigan last week was our biggest episode so far. And, and then after that, we saw a pretty substantial jump, like a 10, 15% jump in, uh, it was, I think if you really calculate, I was like a 13% jump from the Michigan preview to the Iowa preview. So that, that tells me that a few of you, Heard that Michigan post game. It was the first time you listened, and then a, a few of you stuck around. So I really do appreciate that. For all of the new listeners, uh, I really appreciate you. Hopefully, you can get involved. Again, follow on Twitter. Leave me questions at any time. Feel free to send DMs. We'll we'll bring those into talking points. I love the interaction. So for all the new listeners out there, I really appreciate you giving me a shot and, and supporting. Again, uh, usually we're here with Scott as well, but riding solo here today. Everybody have yourselves a great week. Hopefully you don't let this linger into the work week. Uh, it's a bad loss. It's going to happen this year. So have a great week. Have a great Monday, and we'll see you on Thursday.